Yeah, so we're getting going. Uh, this is episode three of the podcast, and we have Thomas on today. And um, brought Thomas on because he has a very interesting job that I just want to know more about. And I think that everybody <laughs> needs to know the stories that he told me. Like he comes into the gym. Um, how many times you train in a week, roughly? Uh, I'm trying to get in four times a week. Four times. I'm but trying. Find the hair with your, <laughs> with your job. Yeah. So do you want to tell them or will I tell them? Thomas is a, a pilot. He has many years did you do uh it was probably all together about three and a half years but it was three and a half years intensely so very little time off i um, remember seeing the i think you have a post on instagram and i read it and it was like i think it was you on the plane and it was like i went back done my leaving sir i had to yeah. go do that but that was like longer like it took you oh yeah well yeah if you include that um because see, I did my leaving cert when I was very young. Mm-hmm. I did it about two weeks after I turned 17 or something like that. So I did not have the maturity at all <laughs> to be stepping into the leaving cert. I spent most of my time playing Halo 3 <laughs> and Call of Duty. And I was the only thing I was proud of was I was able to snipe people with like a handgun <laughs> in Call of Duty. <laughs> You're right, yeah. I, I never got... Uh, Call of Duty, I think there was one World at War that I was good at. And I used to love the zombies feature yeah. in it. And that's all I used to do, but I was never any good. But You know, that's actually how I got into the gym. was because after I graduated from well, secondary school uh i was just really really unhealthy and really pale and i actually sold my xbox and used that to buy my first <laughs> gym membership over at yeah. <laughs> lee is exactly the same like if lee has an xbox he will literally like i always slag him i'm like if you buy an xbox you're not going to get anything done because you're yeah. just going to end up playing it for hours and hours yeah. and then into the night we used to go over i think it was he he's a big halo i was playstation he was xbox right so we used to like yeah. He used to hate coming to mine to play PlayStation, and I kind of used to hate going to his to play Xbox. Some but, kind of gang warfare yeah, going on yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> but we did, we did. We always used to compromise on FIFA, and we used to play Ultimate Team. Right, okay. Did you ever do that? No, no. no. I wasn't so, a FIFA guy. So you kind of, Ultimate Team is where you actually put money into your FIFA account, and you buy, like, you know, cards, basically. Yeah. And you're trying to get the Ronaldos and the Messis, because they're worth, like, one million coins. But uh, we would literally sit up from about seven this is when we finished school as well so this is pre any fucking gym as well yeah um we'd literally sit up from about 11 o'clock at night to like seven o'clock in the morning and just like playing matches and fucking trying to fight people but um it, it, it's it's addictive but i never got into halo but you were saying basically you played halo and then you were like i need to go back and do my leaving sir <laughs> 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 I love how we went from in the space of two minutes we went from this is Thomas he's a commercial airline pilot <laughs> uh, so anyway me and my mate we were playing Halo <laughs> yeah, right yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no yeah I spent most of my time just playing video games and just not studying like at all and then I got out of school had a really crap leave insert I wanted to be a pilot but I didn't have the grades and I definitely didn't have the money um, to pay for the training so I ended up kind of just bouncing around for a bit i was working for a charity for a couple of years i went to live in edinburgh for a couple of years and then i came back to give my ha- dad a hand on the building sites and i was kind of at a stage then where i was like like i didn't mind building i was like i'm gonna have to either get a trade or i'm gonna see where this flight train and stuff could mm-hmm. go so i got chatting to these people at a, a flight school down in spain and they told me that my leaving cert results were so bad that they wouldn't even give me a like an aptitude test or anything like that because if you go down there and do three days worth of aptitude tests 
they said they wouldn't give me a chance because I did so bad in the leaving cert and that was all <laughs> the education I really had up to that point like so yeah I kind of was at a position where I was like right I'm 24 I'm either gonna have to go back to school and repeat my leaving cert in the school where I originally did oh it God. surrounded by my, all my old teachers who used to be trying to beat me into shape and get me to study <laughs> Surrounded I, by I all told the, you so. Go, yeah, I told I go you back you in. Yeah, I, and that's what happened. Like I, <laughs> so for about over a year because the timing didn't work out. It was too. When I decided to do this, it was like around March time, and I did not have enough time to study to do because I had to do higher level maths like as well. Um, and I definitely didn't want to half hour because so, I was like, I'm not going back and repeating and getting like a just barely yeah, getting through. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I, I deserve more than that. So. uh yeah, so what I did was I ended up working nine to five Monday to Friday on the building sites, and at the weekends I was studying maths. I was studying physics as well, higher level. Yes. Went back, repeated the leaving cert in the same hall that I did it when I was seventeen. <laughs> so basically, yeah, it really knocked me back a year by just not studying while I was in school. Like if I had got the my arse into gear, I would have been able to go to Spain in and do it much quicker. Twenty fourteen, and I ended up going. So it, it took you an extra later. two years because, or was it a year or two years? Uh, it was about a year and a half. A year and a half. The way the time worked out. That must have been hard to go from like not caring about school and then going, "Shit, I actually need this. Yeah. Like I need to do it." Yeah, and like, like my my little sister, she's in just gone into fifth year, and I'm trying to just drill that into her head now because like so like the way the education system is in ireland like you do, at that age you don't really there's very few people that know what they want to do mm-hmm. and even if you do know what you want to do at that age you won't know what you want to do in 10 years like those guys i went to school with that were adamant they wanted to be engineers they went off they did an engineering yeah, degree yeah. all that they got a job in engineering for like a year and a half and they hated it mm-hmm. and now they're just off doing whatever the fuck, whatever they want you know um and i was at a stage where at that age i was like if i don't know exactly what i'm working towards i'm not gonna work like i needed a goal to actually to, push towards on yeah. the exact same and that's why i was like when i seen that it kind of like i was like all that hard work i was like when i when i seen it, i was like holy shit like it's not until you actually obviously you're on the plane and you're like flying for the first time and you're like i've actually earned this you know i've yeah. earned the right to take this photo and yeah. you know say these kind of things because it's like it was such it must have been such a long journey and you were like well that's it yeah like especially um like it was mainly saying it to other people as well like saying it to your mates and stuff like that you're like they're like oh how are you getting on I'm like oh yeah i'm still working in construction and uh i'm going back and i'm repeating the leaving cert and they'll be like <laughs> what and they look at you like i remember the looks i used to get from so many people they'd look at you like you're an idiot like what's yeah. wrong with you like why didn't <laughs> did you not do well the first time and why do you need to go back and it was it was tough like but i just kind of because i had that in my head i was like that's where i want to be mm-hmm. and this if like taking a like taking a shot to my ego is what's going to get me there then i'll do it so be it so uh yeah so yeah i had a year year and a half worth of studying there while i was working and saving up a bit of money and then uh repeat the leaving sir did very well happy with my leave insert results at age 24 you know um <laughs> do, do you like do you obviously you take it much serious like when you go back and you have to repeat it like you don't oh, yeah. like you get assignments do you get assignments and stuff do you go back to school like is it proper you i just go to those classes i did and... the the physics the the like write-ups of the physics ex, uh, experiments and stuff like that mm-hmm. mainly i did it 
I did it, did it off of YouTube videos yeah. and I did it mainly because it helped me with the exams mm -hmm. and I was terrified that I'd get an email from the <laughs> exam board being like, have you done your uh, your experiments for this subject, you know? Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, well, here's my notebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah. I'm so, it was re it really was like, a, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it was like embarrassing, but it was in a way just because I was just like at this age, like, because there's this societal expectation that supposed at age 24, you're supposed to know where you're going or you should be already there. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case for most people. And I think a lot of people would be in a lot better position if not just that they did better in the leaving. Like, it's obviously better to do it the first time around. But yeah. people are just scared to go back and do it again. And there's no reason you can't go back and mm -hmm. do it again. And if you do it the second time, you do a million times better. And it's just the way the, se the education system is set up. If you don't get the points, you don't get the course that you want. So why does that, like, if you don't get the points the first time around, why does that say you have to go and do something that you don't want to do for the rest of your life and go into a course that you don't want to do? Just work over the summer, <laughs> get some money, enjoy yourself, and then go back and repeat, repeat you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm so happy I did that. And I know, like, there's definitely a lot of people in Ireland that just are too embarrassed to go back and do it. And as a result, they're not where they want to be. Because so. of their leaving cert results. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's a massive thing. And like it's built up like this thing. You do it once. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do it right, that's it. That's it. It's done. Whatever <laughs> your points are, that's what you're worth in society. So if you get 200 points, like you're going to do like, a, I don't know, not what you want to do. Yeah. If you're pushing for, there is definitely jobs that you need points for. And then there's definitely the other careers that you, you know, don't necessarily, necessarily get points for. Because yeah. I know like if i it's it's good to hear like i want to know a pilot got really good results in i know yeah tell, i can't i'll never forget this this will stick with me forever and um, the aptitude test you had to do in the they're library. really tough yeah uh, like i don't want anyone to get scared like <laughs> i'm getting to something here all right i'm building towards <laughs> but yeah so i yeah so i knuckled down anyway got back repeated the leaving and anyone out there repeat your leaving if you're not happy um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just do it just just fucking do it uh but no yeah after i repeated the leaving cert then i would went over to spain i did it's three days worth of aptitude tests so you do tests in maths and physics which helped um math, mathematical reasoning verbal reasoning you've a group interview you've an interview on your own you've a simulator assessment and a few other things like they they put you up for the couple of days in the school and you basically have two days of just constant tests and, and all the rest. Um, and then if you get accepted and it's a big if, because I was in a group of 18 people and I think eight of us were accepted. Um, and the rest of them were all knocked back and so they were they, basically told they've got like the way it works down there is I think it's like, you've got, it's either three months or six months of a gap. You can't come back within that time. And if you come back again, you fail again, you don't get in. And they don't want you to come back a and third that's time, it you, you can't know? you're like yeah your career is over so yeah. it's with them because the end of the day like flight schools have a reputation to uphold mm -hmm. they don't want to be taking on guys who aren't serious they want to be putting pilots out into the world that people are going to be worried to fly with yeah um so yeah i went through all that rigmarole of the three days of assessments got accepted then i was going to go straight over there but what a what I think a good few people don't realize is when you're a pilot, you're only qualified to fly a plane. Like 
it might be real a lot harder but it's the same as only being qualified to drive a car and then you get your license taken away like you don't have really the qualifications to do anything else so if you because you have to do a medical every year class one medical yeah, where they yeah. check your heart function your liver your eyesight your hearing everything and if it's not does not meet the correct standards you lose your medical and then you're out of the job and that's it right you're okay. done um and what a, a good few pilots even pilots that i know like they've nothing to fall back on if they if they can't fly and they can't get like an admin job or something mm -hmm. like that some kind of man managerial job within the airline they're screwed so uh i signed up with it carlo down in carlo yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and they basically do a course it's called a bsc in pilot studies and it links in with the flight school that i went to and essentially you do a year of studying down there then you do the flight training and then at the end of that you do a dissertation then you've got a degree as well mm -hmm. so i was like this is perfect if i ever something happens yeah exactly fly. i have something here I'm that i can down to the gym and i'm trying to show off and i'm like <laughs> yeah. trying to bench 200 kilos and i drop the weight in my head and i go blind in one eye <laughs> i'll be i'll be okay yeah, 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 yeah. um so yeah i was down in carlo i was studying there for a year and it was it was it was reasonably tough like there was like there's a lot to it it covered things like aircraft leasing and airline management and aircraft design engineering and stuff like that so it, it covered the surrounding aspects mm -hmm. of being a pilot and then i went over to spain and i was doing the exams and the training over there and that was tough like from finishing up in carlo and going to spain i had about a six week gap mm -hmm. and then uh when you're over there you're over there for 15 months i ended up being there for 16 months because of bad weather a lot of my flights got cancelled like you moved over full time didn't you moved yeah. over full time but the way the course is set out is that you get no time off like you well you get a week for christmas and you get a week when you do your first set of exams and that's it in a year and a half <laughs> so a lot of guys were over there they didn't uh they didn't see their girlfriends for like a year and a half or they saw them once in a year and a half like it was really 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 intense um you're i was studying nine to nine every day i'd have class at 9 a.m i'd finish at 5 p.m and at 501 i wouldn't leave the classroom at 501 i'd continue studying get some food back to my room continue studying until about nine go to bed and i was so unhealthy like i was it was ridiculous like <laughs> i was my routine was i used to have a double espresso that i get at dinner the night before beside my bed i'd wake up i'd drink it lunchtime i drink another double mm -hmm. finish up uh, class for the day drink another double go back to my room maybe have another single espresso maybe not but i definitely get my double to put beside the bed and to drink again on before i go to sleep and that's what kept me going through the final few months because even at weekends like the school they were good they did encourage you to take a day off but if you really wanted to do well like if you really want to make sure you passed first time mm -hmm. you you couldn't take a day off you could take like half a day off <laughs> right that would be it so it is just school basically but are you flying when you're out there or are you like just books books because isn't there there is another picture of you that you showed me remember and it's like you holding, holding your book. all, the, all yeah. the books and yeah. it's just like you're literally holding it from about your knee isn't it yeah and it's like nearly up at your chin yeah it's just all, your, all your books but like There's is it is it study or is it like practical do you know what i mean because i know with like the personal training and the gym like there's a lot of textbook stuff that you need to know but yeah. like it's more practical than you know technical yeah. but i'd say is it the other way around or is it it's, like it's kind of it's half and half like you, you spend the first probably five months doing 
nothing but studying mm -hmm. in the books and that's to do your first six EASA exams and there's 14 of them in total <coughs> um so you once you've gotten them out of the way then you go into what's called phase one flying mm -hmm. so then you're onto a single engine aircraft that holds about four people and you learn the basics of flying like takeoffs and landings and what to do if your engine fails and they learn they teach you that quite quickly right, like, okay. you know you get really stuck they into it the, they the... basically just idle the engine <laughs> and they say right pick a field and land and you have to do everything you would do including like the mayday calls your final checklist shutting down the fuel all the rest but they treat it down to about 500 feet so you're treating it like you're going to land in this field to about 500 <laughs> feet and then you just swoop out. Swoop right, out I thought it. you were and literally going somewhere then they make oh, no, you land. They don't make you. <laughs> I was like, oh, holy shit, that is intense. Yeah. But no, like, ah, uh, like that amount of study, I just know I would never be able for that. Mm. Like, I even say, well, like, but is it different now that you're out in the field? Are you like learn like, because with personal training and with anything kind of fitness related, you're taught a certain way. And then you get out and you start dealing with people and you start realizing actually what they teach you is just like the textbook but you actually need to know how to you know like one one big thing is people skills in, yeah. in personal training like you yeah. can have the right knowledge but if i can't get that person to understand why they need to eat healthy yeah it's a little bit harder so i have to learn okay this person you know i need to say it to them in a certain way but even if i show them in the textbook look this is what's going to happen to you if you eat too much food they're yeah. like no i don't care but like is is poet no is 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 it like that do you actually have to like is there things that you're learning now in the field that you wouldn't have necessarily learned in in college there is there, there yeah like you do have to have an element of first like people skills and that type of a mm -hmm. thing because at the end of the day like maybe not so much as a first officer as a first officer you're, you're still kind of working your way up mm -hmm. the ranks but definitely when you become a captain once the door closed legally you were in charge of that plane and wherever that plane goes is up to you mm -hmm. you could have air traffic control screaming down the radio at you being like land in this place land in this place but if the captain thinks he's better off land like with have you ever seen that issue with yeah. solely yeah, you know yeah, landing the movie, in the hudson yeah, yeah. they're all saying go to this airport go to that airport and he was like no i'm landing in the river and he landed it in the river and legally he was allowed to do that mm -hmm. now obviously legally they are allowed to check to see if he made the right call mm -hmm. but if <laughs> Like we're you're taught literally from day one of your training, if you can justify a decision as being the safest course of action, then you're fine. Okay. Like you, as long as you can stand by your actions, then do what you think is right. Don't do what someone else is telling you to do. Because at the end of the day, they don't have to answer for it. You mm, do. And they're so, not in the plane as well, and they don't know what's going on. And exactly, yeah. So you're taught from a yeah. That you're taught must from be a huge responsibility every time you you know even if you're not like what way does it work it's the first captain and then the there's your captain and then there's the first, the first officer. captain and that's it on the plane and then it's just the first officer, not first officer. <laughs> Sorry. and then uh, some airlines will have a second officer as well okay. so it's kind of a guy it's like a third stage and it basically a guy is just like a cruise relief captain so for example cathay pacific they have second officers and it's basically a young guy who's just come in to the airline and he will just sit behind the two of them while they do everything and then if they need to get up for anything or they need to take a break he'll step in yeah, no. and just monitor things <laughs> and then step back out and he does a lot of training on the ground and simulators and stuff but it's only when you're a first officer that you'll actually start flying and and that type of thing yourself because i remember we were we were only talking there like two days ago 
and we were saying that the biggest cause of death in pilots is heart disease heart and disease. heart failure isn't it yeah like it's it yeah it's, it's it must be yeah some <laughs> amount of pressure to be like what was it like the first day you you actually had to land like a plane full of people like do you remember a plane full of people well you know yeah. like the first the first time because i know like in training i definitely think like do they, they do it in do they do it in safe environments like there's things around you all that kind of stuff but when you're yeah. actually out in the field and you're like right i'm responsible here i have to land this all my hard work is like for now you're like i don't know i, I always imagine i always imagine when when you tell me that story like your heart just just be pump pump yeah. pump and you can almost like hear it in your head yeah but i like it does is it that you like do you find that like landing it the first time and then like landing now is like the same feeling or do you think it's getting easier i think it's the same feeling but i'm enjoying it a lot more mm -hmm. like because in the first yeah in the first few weeks like you've got it in your head you're like okay i've got about like like 170 <laughs> passengers uh, a few t like a couple tons of cargo and about like 55 tons of aircraft behind me or whatever yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. There's a lot of money behind you <laughs> basically um and yeah that's what i was saying to you like when you're coming into land at least on the a320 which i fly uh there's an auto call out 400 so we are 400 feet above the ground and whenever i heard that i was always just like okay okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> don't fuck up don't fuck up <laughs> but you get that much training like the um like you get that much training on the lead up to them taking the training wheels away mm -hmm. i suppose um that you can do it like you're scared but you know in the back of your head like it's going to be fine mm -hmm. you've done this like because by that stage i had done like hundreds of landings in the simulator which is really really real by the way like mm -hmm. a lot of people think like a simulator is like a video game it's the same thing it really feels like the same thing it's just probably not as loud um it's just like, the only difference is in your head you, like it's the it's like would it be right in saying like you know it's not real in your head in terms yeah. of like but like it's the exact same feeling the exact same you do the exact same things but you just know that in the back of your head like i'm okay here nothing can ever go wrong not yeah. to say that anything exactly. ever does go wrong but you know what i mean you just yeah. have that sense of security when you're yeah, actually when you're in, in a simulator when you're in the simulator versus when you're not when you're in real life there's just like well, at the end of the day, like the way way things are set up in pretty much every airline is number one, when you start actually on the line. So first, well, going back to it, like you've got. Right. So when I started in my airline, then I had about about four months of more like classroom study. So it doesn't end like in so in over in Spain, it was like five months of classroom study, a few months of flying another four months of classroom study like really really it realistically those exams should take you a couple of years but they condense it down to months mm -hmm. because they want you out and get the next guy in, in you know yeah yeah but obviously you have to do well otherwise <laughs> yeah. you're not gonna go anywhere <laughs> like i think you said something like because nicole has a fear of flying she always has and you said something to me and i was like i'm gonna tell her that like you like the <laughs> most places won't take you on if you've even failed a part of an exam won't they like some you, airlines yeah, won't yeah, yeah like i went to the head of training at our school uh probably on my second day and i said the particular airline that i wanted to fly for 
and he was like okay if you want to work for them straight out of flight school mm -hmm. which was it's it's tough enough to get in with a really good airline right out of flight school like a lot of them want you to have a more experience commercially before you fly for them so if, he was like if you want that you're gonna have to pass every exam first time and you're gonna have to get a minimum of 85 percent average in all your exams actually that's probably something that'll put people's minds at ease the minimum pass rate for any exam is 75 percent so it's not like the leave it the minimum pass four, is 40 yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 75 percent. and even if you get 75 percent in the school i went to they kind of look at you like did you really work <laughs> you're, you're scraping you, by you're like, scraping just, by at 75 percent. you know like what's wrong with you you yeah, should be yeah. getting higher than that so yeah he was he said to me he was like he sat me down he was like look you're gonna have to work your ass off and you're gonna have to pass everything first time to make sure that like you otherwise he was basically just like i won't put my name to you i just won't if you apply for them i'll say you worked hard but these are as results so <laughs> yeah. make up your own mind whereas i i did I, I busted my ass like i basically just put my whole life on hold for the year and a half um and i don't think i would have done as well as i did um if i didn't have melanie there like like my now fiance oh yeah you're getting <laughs> married as well aren't you yeah um <laughs> she really gave me a lot of moral support she came over to visit quite a lot um and she was only able to do that because she was able to make her own working hours and that yeah, type of yeah. thing um but she really helped me just survive the constant work because it was just every day mm -hmm. like that was my life i they, they had a swimming pool in the school i think i was in it twice <laughs> in a year and a half all i did because you was, were there for one thing one thing only is yeah. i need to pass and i need to get back yeah. to my life basically yeah like, exactly because at that point you'd put in your leaving sir you'd put in already the the money alone like yeah. like is insane and you're like i remember the story where you're like it has to fucking work remember you were yeah. like this has to work it like i to. don't have a back not that you didn't have a backup plan like if i have a my backup plan is not a good plan <laughs> yeah i didn't really like i because uh the way the school is set up like it's set up that you do pass everything first time yeah. and if you have to repeat exams you have to pay for that and if you have to repeat more than like there's they do what are what's called pt1s when you're there two months and it's basically progress tests and if you fail more than two of those exams you go back right to the start and that means you have to pay for an additional two months of accommodation food training everything and i didn't have the money for that it was like it was a lot of money like it was a few grand and I just didn't have it. So I was like basically sitting there being like, if I mess up anything, I'm going home. And <laughs> and I still have to pay that loan back. And I don't know how I'm going to pay it back without a buyer's license, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah. So fast forwarding through the rest of the training, um, I got what he asked me to get. Like I got the 85%. I passed mm -hmm. everything. It was all grand. Um, and then luckily when I came out of the school, the airline I was looking for were just advertising for jobs interviewed with them uh, so you got your results you got your 85 i got me 85 got me results got out of the school got back home took about three weeks to get used to real life again like i was definitely institutionalized by that stage like i was really it was really weird being able to go wherever <laughs> i wanted and that type of thing because mm -hmm. the school was out in the middle of nowhere you yeah know? yeah um like we lived and breathed flying for a year and a half um which is what you want i suppose um but, but yeah so then i interviewed for the job i got it hired in the march did about three months more of safety training and classroom studies and all the rest and then you're into the simulator 
and it's like really intense once again really intense simulator training for about four weeks then once you've done that then you do what's called base training and that is brilliant like that's probably one of the best days you'll ever have if you want to be a pilot because <laughs> what you do is essentially like and this is a legal requirement you have to do it so it's not like they just did it for me just because yeah, yeah. you know um what you have to do is essentially they will give you a plane they'll give you an a320 and it's just you a captain and a safety pilot so an, an experienced first officer and maybe a couple of other first officers who are in training uh, for me it was just me because i was the only one going for it but essentially uh you just go off somewhere and do a bunch of takeoffs and landings in a row with a completely empty plane so they give you the plane for the day because <laughs> you, you need to have that experience mm -hmm. you need to know what it feels like to be behind the wheel without loads of passengers and stuff behind yeah, you yeah so you can go into your first day of actual flying and be calm <laughs> so like you'll have you'll have flown on an empty plane before you actually fly with passengers on the plane yeah yeah you yeah. just do that once because it costs a lot of right, money you know <laughs> you just like like start in like dublin airport fly you know england land fly somewhere uh, else we went land. down to shannon oh okay um, okay and like by that stage because you've done it in the simulator so many times you know the ins and outs of every single inch of a flight like from getting in in the morning and saying hello to the crew and taking your seat to walking off the plane like every single inch of the taxi to take off the journey there everything you know exactly how to do that mm -hmm. so you've got it all in your head so it's not like you're jumping in there and then be like uh, what do i do mm -hmm. um but yeah so what we did was we took off from dublin we flew to shannon landed in shannon and then immediately took off again we did what's called touch and go so essentially oh, okay. you take off you come around in a big circle you come back in you land you immediately take off again and you just keep doing that and i did that about nine times and then we came back from from shannon back to dublin again that was brilliant that was and that's like just as you're about to that's like your last step before you know being first officer yeah and then you're into what's called line training so like it doesn't end like because <laughs> i think people have this conception that like you do your training and then you're in and then you're a pilot and that's it but it's not it's continuous assessments and they very slowly take away layers of backups just in case you go wrong because they're trusting you more and mm -hmm. more you know mm -hmm. so after we did the base training then i was into line training and I had a safety pilot basically sitting behind me for the first, I think it was 12 flights. So it was basically just a guy sitting there watching everything I was doing and making sure I was doing it right. And if I was doing it wrong, he'd say it to me. Or if someone was sitting there and like started getting really panicky or whatever, which they shouldn't be at that stage. Yeah. But if they did, he'd just step in and mm -hmm. take over. So they're always, safety is obviously the, always the first priority. Um. Then once I got rid of him, then <laughs> I was still with a training captain. <laughs> and the captain has a little button over his side that if he wants to take over, he can. Like if if I'm coming into land and I like even have like a muscle spasm and the plane goes like that, mm -hmm. he'll just hold this button down. All you hear is priority left. And then all of a sudden he has control of everything. Nothing on your side will work. Um, and he'll just land it himself that never happened to me but, thankfully. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's there as well. <laughs> um, it just seems like it's all it must be harder they must be making it harder and harder for the pilots to come in now like in terms of like test like because if if you rewind back to 70s or the 60s yeah. i'd say it was easy to get your pilot license not easy but easier than probably right now i wouldn't say it was 
I'd say it was definitely different because I'd say the exams, the exams now, like I'd say from a theoretical standpoint, mm-hmm. it is like back then, I think you learn by doing. Mm hmm. You still have to know all the same stuff, true, but true. you learn a lot of it by doing. You build up your hours, you join the army and stuff like that, and you learn that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the years have progressed, it's gotten more and more academic. So back then, yeah, you'd have to do classroom study, but now the questions are really, really obscure. Like, like they they put more emphasis on the theoretical stuff, at least in the school I went to, mm-hmm. to make sure that you're worthy of doing the actual like stepping into a cockpit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like unless you you prove that you can theoretically do it you can't even be given a chance to practically do it um which is the same in in the airline i was flying with um so yeah anyway so then yeah i was with a training captain for a while then i did what's called a line check which is essentially with your you're with an examiner captain and he's going to be just examining everything you're doing over the space of two days and then at the end of it Mm -hmm. he'll sign you off or not sign you off and only then are you onto the line and you're basically flying with captains who aren't necessarily <laughs> training captains they're mm-hmm. just regular captains um and that's when you're actually they like, kind of trust you it's, but they don't really like um like <laughs> once again uh like this is probably another thing that not many people realize that for the rest of my career this is not a job you get into if you don't like tests because for the rest of my career every six months they're going to put me into a simulator and they're going to examine me on all these different failures and possible things that could happen and throw multiple failures at me at once to keep me sharp because obviously the ins and outs of every day are reasonably straightforward like it's a basic flight you go somewhere and you land and then you come back and that's it Mm -hmm. um so you don't get to practice like what will happen if my engine fails what will happen if like so it can almost if i have a fire what will happen if someone in the back is having a heart attack what will happen if the captain has a heart attack and i have to land this whole thing on my own so they stick you into a simulator they don't tell you what they're going to do they basically just say fly to manchester and let's see what happens and then something happens you have to just deal with it and you could just rock into well obviously probably not now they'll probably do they give you advance in that or is that just like on the spot kind of stuff oh no it's not on the spot you're told in advance that you're going to be going into a simulator (laughs) you're like rocking in yeah you would be rocking in being like oh grand i have a handy day going to heathrow and back today and then they're like no you're going into the sim let's go when you say sim like i picture i do picture a video game with just like just a are you in an actual full length plane like yeah okay okay yeah like the simulators we use uh and even the simulator in the uh, flight school. Now, it didn't move as much as the one that's in, mm-hmm. in the company, but um, it's a basically it's cockpit of a plane. Like, mm-hmm. it's an original cockpit mm-hmm. that they basically found a plane that's out of service, saw the nose off it, put a bunch of hydraulic gyros and stuff all around it, and then basically it's just... You're in, the simu- you're in this cockpit, and it just basically moves like that. To, so when you're inside, you feel like you're flying. And if you look at it from the outside, it's just this big square white box that's just going like this. Oh, yeah, in yeah, a bi- yeah. It's in a big warehouse. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, and that's like, you'll have days where you kind of, you know, rock up there and you're like, okay, I remember, I'll never forget the aptitude. Maybe it wasn't aptitude, I suppose, but it was the test you done on the computer where like you were, tell- you were telling me you had to, it was like, there was planes coming across yeah, the screen and they were like, you had to land it, but there was like also colors 
And yeah, I don't know if it was colors. Now I could be getting this wrong, but I definitely know there was numbers. There was like three yeah. things that you had to do. So you had to land the plane with the mouse with the right hand. Am yeah. I right? And then you had to like answer the yeah. maths questions, but also like, what was the, the was there a third thing? Yeah. Oh yeah, that was great. So this was. <laughs> That is we talked about we talked about that many exams and tests <laughs> and all that stuff. People are probably like, okay, where are we now? Yeah. Um, so these were the aptitude tests I had to do to get my job in the company yes, I'm with right that's, now. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had to do this. You had to fill out all these applications, and then round two was doing these online applica- online aptitude tests, and there was about ten or eleven of them, or mm-hmm. can't really remember. But one of them was there's a little cartoon plane that's coming in from the left hand side of the computer screen Mm -hmm. and you have to land it on this runway. And what you have to do is to use the mouse to put the uh, runway in front of the plane as coming in. So this plane's coming in and it's just coming in faster and faster and you have to keep moving the runway in and out to keep landing the planes. And that sounds easy, right? (laughs) While you're doing that, then up the top, there's a mathematical equation that you need to solve. (laughs) And it's a basically like plus minus plus minus minus plus plus this like about six or seven number combinations so it's not just two plus three it's two plus three plus five plus seven plus nine minus ten plus eight (laughs) and sometimes there'd be negative answers you have to figure that out and you have to type in the answer and put that in at the same time and then down the bottom there's a list of there's a block of about 10 or 15 letters and you have to click yes if one of the letters appears twice and know if all of them are different and you're doing these three things all at the same time (laughs) and you're scored on the amount of each that you do so if you don't get enough of them it's all timed Mm -hmm. and if the next guy managed to land 20 planes solve 20 equations and do 18 of these letter things and you only meant to do 15 of each then you're out the door you're not you're not going on to the next stage so yeah you're just like doing all this stuff but it's on a computer screen so you're just using the mouse and like I was doing it in the library, like absolutely bricking myself doing it. And <laughs> people are looking at you going, yeah. he is, what is he doing over <laughs> <Yeah>. there? <laughs> just like bathed that, in sweat. Oh, that image will just, because when I say aptitude test, that's the only thing that I think. And you're probably thinking there's been that many aptitude yeah. tests. They don't even know which one is which anymore. That's what I mean. But, like it's a, it's a fantastic career, but if you don't like exams, it's not it's the career, not for, career you, for you. Because every stage there will be exams. And so you've all, kind of accepted that like you now have exams for the length Life. of your career yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 but it's cool though like after a while you really like you start to really enjoy them because i never really like tests either but yeah. you really start going in because you get so used to it that you start going in just being like okay so excited for a new one this is this is good like it's not even like you go in like i'm gonna knock this out of the park you're kind of going in like oh god what's gonna happen but you got to smile your face yeah, anyway yeah, you know yeah yeah um <laughs> yeah it's crazy that is mad i just never will forget like because you we opened up here in november and you were yeah. only like back where you? you came back in. i don't i'd only got back to ireland yeah a couple of weeks <clears throat> and then so i like, hadn't even done any of this stuff yet i just remember f- like following the whole pro progress and like every day you come in i'd be like what happened <laughs> what did you do and <laughs> i remember i remember there was that period when you applied and it was just like silence and then yeah. i was like i was like afraid remember i was there was like a period where i stopped asking because i would got yeah. quiet and i was yeah. like fuck no fuck no yeah, and then what I mem- if i didn't get on to I the rem- next stage yeah. i remember when you told me i was just like so happy i was like yes go on go on <laughs> and i'll never that's why i thought like even like i i've never even known anyone who has i'm gonna just say flown the plane 
like like and I thought just from the stories that you know me and you have had in the gym that I I I thought everyone had to hear them do you know what I mean yeah. I thought everyone had to hear them because every time every time you, you come into the gym it's like like you told me the Bulgaria story and yeah, you know yeah. there's a new story every time you go somewhere else it's just like wait till I tell yeah. you what happened today that was crazy yeah it is it's it's the type of job you will literally never get bored of mm-hmm. and I've talked to captains in there that have been flying 20-30 years and they still <laughs> love coming to work because even if you go to the same airport at like if you go to the same airport two days in a row it'll be a completely different working day right down to the fact that like the wind could be blowing in a different direction and then they're using a different runway and that means you have to arrive to that airport in a completely different uh, way than you did the day before it's a completely different approach like everything is it's always different you could go to the same air, airport every single day and you'd have every single day a different <laughs> a different day worth of experience but yeah like when you bring it up with the bulgaria like kids don't don't shine lasers at planes <laughs> like why do we, we don't have why does that have to be said uh, yeah i was coming in on final approach to land in uh, Burgas, which is in Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. And we just got this blind and light in the left side of the plane. And I always thought like if people are shining lasers into a plane, it's like a laser and it's like on your shirt and then it happens to hit the pilot yeah, in the yeah, eye. Yeah. It doesn't, it refracts off the glass and it's like a big beam of light hitting you in the face and it's really distracting. Um, and if it hits you properly, like it can blind you, which you don't want a do pilot that's blind do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to land. not showing lasers in yeah. planes. That is what we're saying. Yeah. But like that is... That worked out well, by the way. <laughs> that was fine. Okay. No one was injured. I feel like people it are going to... didn't hit me in the eye. I landed it. It was grand. Don't worry. <laughs> Anything you don't want, we'll just we'll clip that little bit and we'll leave that little yeah, bit. Yeah. Out. Like, that might make someone uneasy. We'll just... No, take that out. Yeah. But... Um, now the Bulgaria one. Have you had any other other like funny? Not fun, I don't call them funny, but like experiences like that. No way. You've just kind of gone right. Like obviously, see, I would have been that kid, and this is this is you know going back to you know me just when I was in school, didn't care, yeah. didn't like school. I would have been that kid gone shining the laser in the plane, not knowing. It's yeah. not until you get a level of maturity till you understand. Okay, now there's actually a huge risk yeah and consequences to this um well it can it can really damage like you have to think about it like that's not a big piece of metal flying through the sky controlled by computers and Mm -hmm. you're not hurting anybody there's a guy in there with a family and there's about 170 people behind them with families as well um that you're putting in danger by Mm -hmm. doing that um like thankfully i didn't get like it didn't hit me directly in the eye i was fine if I had been injured, uh, the captain would have taken control. He would have initiated what's called a go-around. So essentially, he would have just hit full blast on the throttle, taken it away, treated it like a takeoff. So you get the landing gear up, you get the flaps up, you call ATC, tell them what's happened. That's air traffic controls, the guy in the tower. Mm-hmm. Tell them what's happened. He'll bring you around for another approach. If my eye wasn't feeling that great, the captain would have landed it and we would have just been really cautious on the way down so that we didn't get hit with another course, laser yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, and he would have taken it and landed it but thankfully nothing I was fine there was no issue there was no uh, risk of safety to the flight he asked me was I happy to continue I said yes we were still quite high so that was the main re- if 
if that had came in at say 400 feet we would have just gone around mm -hmm. because you don't want to be at 400 feet and you've and got then... this huge distraction you know <laughs> we were at about we were about 3,000 feet at this stage so it's like you have to continue i said yes continued the landing as normal no more lasers landed it perfectly safe it was fine um but yeah like in every airline there's there's always safety always comes first so we always aim every we basically treat every landing as if it's going to be what's called the go around right, so you're okay. always expecting to not land mm -hmm. because if you expect to land and then you can't land you're surprised but if you're expecting to not land mm -hmm. and then you land it's a nice surprise it's great it's a nice surprise <laughs> yeah, it's easy yeah. you just land with it it's grand. <laughs> um so yeah yeah no i've had a i've had a few i've had two instances of having to do a go around in my time the other time was uh an aircraft was just getting a little bit too close to the to the airfield it was a light aircraft yeah in um venice and uh we could see him on radar but we couldn't see him at the window air traffic control called us and he was like there's a guy in a little plane he's flying near the approach path of your flight and he was basically like i'm trying to contact him but he's not answering me so it's this this guy in a plane just flying really close to the airport which you're not supposed to do mm -hmm. and he air traffic control were trying to call him and he was just ignoring them so we were coming in in our a320 you know yeah, just yeah, being yeah. like like what do we do what if this guy decides to just shoot out in front of us you know so that in that situation it was immediately <coughs> go around take it up back to we went back up to like five thousand feet waited for him to back off yeah and then thing. we came back in and we landed it safely and it was it was fine it's funny that you say that how does it work like can you now go buy a plane whether it's a small propeller plane or any type of plane and like you know have a, a long back garden take off fly around how does that work can you like like, I don't you think on... I'd be able to just do it out of my back garden. But... But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> like, can you just go buy a plane? Obviously, you might have to store that at a runway. I don't know the logistics, but like... Yeah, like, if you if you have a plane, like, it needs to be at an actual airfield. Like, you wouldn't really have it in a... Unless you live out in the middle of nowhere and you don't really <laughs> care. But if, like, if I... Especially where I live, like, I live reasonably close to the airport. So mm -hmm. if I was to take off a plane from the field <laughs> next to my house and immediately come into the air... They're, like air traffic control in dublin are just going to be like where did this plane come from <laughs> how did he get into the air right okay um, so everything has to kind of be run through air traffic control you can't just yeah like... you have to lodge what's called a flight plan so mm -hmm. like it's fairly simple to do because you see those people so um you know they have like the helicopter pads yeah. obviously a helicopter pad might be different is it where they just have them like isn't there one out on Holt? where you know like the your man if you go up to the summit your actual man has a helicopter pad right in his front garden oh really have you never seen that no if you go up to the summit literally your man has his house and beside his house is a helicopter i don't really know the legal uh logistics of that but he but, would have had to apply for yeah, that i'm sure yeah you so know. like apparently the rumor is now i don't know who he is but the rumor is he's a heart surgeon and he works in oh, right. in the uk this is what goes around um and he flies to work and back every no day. way so he gets out into the helicopter. Now I'm probably completely wrong, but this is what I've heard. Anyway, this is what I've heard. Here's happened. a little bit of hearsay yeah. for you guys, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if anyone knows and wants to fill me in on what the correct story yeah. is, I have heard he maybe is some sort of surgeon, but he works in the UK and he just literally flies to work, flies back, flies right. to work, flies back. There and you he's go. Put a uh, if next time, if you're ever up in Holt Summit, just literally go to the top 
and you'll see it it's just down there and it's just helicopter pad big h on the thing and now yeah. i've never seen actually a helicopter on it i've never been up there yeah. you know the, too often to see a helicopter on it but there's definitely one there but i always wondered how that worked like can he just you know get out into the plane <laughs> uh, well actually the the way the licenses work there's loads and loads of different kinds of licenses and your license can expire mm-hmm. um so you have to renew it now in the job that i'm in my i'm constantly being able to renew my license because in the a320 because i'm flying it so all i have to do is fill out a bit of paperwork and yeah. say yeah i'm still flying mm-hmm. here's all the hours that i've done i've done this many hours in the past three months so they're like okay cool you've still got your license here's cool. your new license yeah. but for example a lot of pilots wouldn't be licensed to fly smaller aircraft even though they are training on smaller aircraft and they're trusted with an a320 <laughs> they're not trusted with a dinky little cessna and the reason for that is there's different licenses so there's what's called a and ratings as well so it's what's called a, a single engine piston rating so single engine piston is your your single engine on the front of the plane mm-hmm. and you have to have enough hours in that recently so because it's, it is completely different if you took an a320 pilot who'd been flying for 10 years in the a320 uh, and put him into a little single engine plane he probably it's what's called a flare so when you're coming into land um you're t- you're coming in you're taking off the power very slowly it's people listening to this probably won't really yeah, know what i'm yeah, talking yeah. about <laughs> but you're coming in you're getting close to the ground you're taking off the power very slowly and as you're doing that you're pitching the nose up ever so slightly and that's what gives you that nice smooth landing you know mm-hmm. um and if you put an a320 pilot into that he'd most likely do that way too high off the ground every single time because he's used to being a few meters up in the of air course, yeah, when he's yeah. touching down mm-hmm. and in a cessna you're a few inches you know yeah yeah um so you have to do a you have to do a certain amount of hours of flying in a a single engine plane and then do an exam so once again you have to do an exam to renew that license from when you did it back in your training however many years ago um i've still got mine so i'd be able to go up and say <laughs> rent a plane up in western airport and uh and just- and well they have to they would still go up with me actually they'd you're still go up to me to make sure that they trusted me with the plane yeah but then, uh, you're literally giving me ideas i'm like thomas we're making a trip <laughs> to go fly a plane. could you could we do that like like legally i don't you mean can, legit you can join a flying club right. which have their own planes right. you don't have to buy a plane yeah if you're a millionaire you could yeah, uh, yeah, yeah or yeah. you can join a flying club you pay like a yearly membership fee and then you can book in to use the club's plane and then you can go up and fly that around and like they obviously have different like you have to you can only fly the plane that you have the license for uh well you can be licensed to fly a single engine piston so for example like there's a piper warrior that i did my training on Mm -hmm. and there's a cessna and like you'd be i'd be able to take those two up reasonably like i would but the fact is you'd get what's called kind of familiarization training so you're like you know how to fly it's a very similar plane to what you've flown before but things are in different places it handles differently that type of thing so you go up with uh, for a few hours with a guy who knows what he's talking about Mm -hmm. with an instructor and he just kind of take you through everything just to make sure you're happy with everything and then you'd be like on your way like it's kind of similar to like you know if you drive i had a car there for two years and then i jumped in nicole's car i've never it just feels the, although you know how it works it just feels it takes exactly, a while to get yeah. used to it it takes a while to get used to it, exactly and it's it's a similar thing to that it's just that little bit more complex because <laughs> you have more stuff going on mm-hmm. but the basic principle is the same like it's it's the same idea but everything handles a lot differently and you need to know what you're doing you'd never 
I'd, I'd never heard of anybody just jumping into a plane that they'd never flown before on their own and just taking off and, and going and doing it. Like, you could probably do it and you hopefully you'd be fine, but no one's going to take that risk. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah, yeah. It's not <laughs> worth it. But I always wondered how did that work with your man with the helicopter? Can you, is a helicopter a separate license then as well? Yes. Yeah. It's not like, okay. Yeah. And then, like, that's, that's something though that, like, I don't mean to say, um, that, like, it's less intense, isn't it? It's not like flying a helicopter. Well, it's still intense, but it's obviously because it's a single passenger. It's, I'd say, it's easier to get a helicopter license, is it? I don't think so. No. You have to do, you have to do <laughs> this, a lot. This much. podcast has a lot of misinformation <laughs> from Ryan, and this is why I brought Thomas on to be ensure everyone's. You've actually like they do pretty much a lot of the same exams we do because <laughs> a lot of them are to do with like the weather and radios mm -hmm. and all that type of thing. They'd be using the same kind of technology and same principles in predicting the weather and, and all mm -hmm. that type of stuff so um but for me i would much prefer to be in a plane than a helicopter helicopters kind of worry me because with a plane if both my engines stop working i can still glide that thing into a safe air most likely hopefully depends where it is depends <laughs> what kind of engine failure it is and that type of thing but if your engine fails on a plane, you're still aerodynamically capable. So oh, you can reasonably yeah. control the thing and hopefully you'll be all right and you'll be grand. Uh, if a helicopter engine fails, like you're just a stone falling towards the ground. That's it. <laughs> but really, it's only really kind of like, I know a guy who, you know, he was actually the guy who done the website for the gym originally. Yeah. And I think he went and he started flying helicopters with the army. But when I was having a conversation with him, I was kind of going... Like, is it easy? He was like, yeah, I think so. And I was like, I think that's where that misconception comes right. from. He was like, yeah, I'm just going to go and do it. I was like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> and he kind of made it sound like it was just going to be something that, you know, you just walked into and done. And then I seen your man with the thing. So yeah. I always thought helicopters were much easier, but. I, I don't, I, I wouldn't say that. No, I don't really know enough about them to give an honest answer. But my conception is that it's fairly, fairly similar. And. When people kind of, because people kind of have that mindset like of pilots and they're just like, oh, this is this piece of piss. Like, this is easy. Mm -hmm. The reason pilots go into work every day and you see them, they're just like oozing confidence and they're just like, <laughs> oh, I can handle anything and this is easy and where's my coffee? And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you yeah. see them in, on in movies as well and they're just like, oh, they're just flying around like as if it's a piece of piss. The reason that is, is because people don't get to that position unless they're capable mm -hmm. of flying an aircraft as if it's like <laughs> nothing like riding a bike yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. like um so it's not like the job is easy it's not like you said the biggest cause of death is heart failure and that's due to stress and workload mm -hmm. and and changes in sleep schedule as well and that type of a yeah, thing yeah i wanted to ask you how is your like work-life balance now that you have like in terms of like you're when i last talked to you, you were going from mornings no was it nights to mornings or mornings to nights or well, you don't do i've kind of had a bit of both bit at of the both. moment do you do nights i thought flights oh no because you're flying during the night you, planes don't leave what's the last plane out of dublin is that like it's only 10 or 11 isn't it uh, it's around that time i think yeah mm -hmm. um but then you might not land somewhere till like three or four and it's just a direct turnaround and straight back is that how it works i wouldn't be flying that late now um okay. But I'd be flying reasonably late. The way it works is around the flights around Europe, I would be finishing probably sometimes around like 2 a.m. or that type of a thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
and yeah <coughs> like airlines are set up that pilots are able to well depending on who you work for <laughs> um you're able to bid for what types of shifts you want do you want shorter flights do you want longer flights do you want to start in the morning do you want to start at night mm-hmm. and they'll do their best to kind of give you what works for you around your lifestyle and that type of thing like for me i like longer flights because i don't like if you do short flights you're gonna have to do four mm-hmm. like for example if i was to go dublin to heathrow i go dublin to heathrow heathrow back to dublin dublin to heathrow heathrow back to dublin right okay. and a lot of people seem to think that when a when a plane lands and they're getting off the crew are going to just like have their lunch, have a coffee, chill out for a while. Okay, bring the next crowd on. Let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. Your turnaround time is usually about half an hour. Like you're going to get everyone on while the passengers are disembarking. I've already boxed everything off for the flight I just did. And I'm starting to prepare for the next flight. Mm-hmm. And by the time the next passengers have finished boarding, which there's only about a few minutes of a gap there. Once the last passenger comes off, a couple of minutes and then the yes. first passenger comes on for the next flight. I've set up, I'm talking to the captain, I'm telling him how I'm going to get to the runway, how I'm going to take off, how I'm going to depart from the area, what threats, like birds, weather, anything like mm-hmm. that, we have to worry about what to watch out for, what's different and that type of a thing. Um, we get all that done and you're trained to do that very quickly. Like during training, that type of thing took me over an hour and now I've gotten that type of thing down to about 15, 20 minutes. Right, okay. So you do about an hour's worth of work in about 15, 20 minutes just because you've done it so much that you're just, it's like muscle memory nearly. Mm-hmm. You're just, you're hamming through it, uh, the setup and the briefings and, and all the rest. Um, So yeah, like I bid for the longer ones because I prefer to take off and then be able to eat because uh, our breaks are when we're flying. We don't have time on the ground. You're way too busy on the ground to get something to eat mm-hmm. and, and chill out. You need to just get this set up to, box the last flight off get the next one set up and get out of here because these people have somewhere to be mm-hmm. and then when you get into the air and you've taken off you point to the plane where it needs to go it's climbing at the rate it needs to go it gets up to the cruise you've boxed off everything that you had to do for the climb out and the departure and all that and then you've prepared for what's coming in terms of your descent and your arrival into your destination only then have you got a few minutes to kind of take a breath and <laughs> maybe grab some water and get something to eat and that type of a thing. But in Heathrow flights, I don't know, if, like a good few people probably listen and fly to Heathrow every once in a while or regularly or Birmingham or whatever. By the time you get to the cruise, by the time you get to the top of your climb, you're descending. So you have no time for anything really. So literally it's just up and then once you get there, it's just... it's down. You're coming back down again. Right, okay. um, so those days, like you, it's it's hard to fit in time to like eat and drink and all that like you do make time for it but it's a lot more effort so i prefer doing the longer ones where you have a little bit more of a gap and then i prefer early flights just because i like work being the first thing i do rather than the last, last thing, thing i do, do in a day mm-hmm. have you have you flown where's the furthest you've flown to it was burgas burgas yeah, yeah, yeah with the lasers right. <laughs> <laughs> can have what is like um the longest flight that you're allowed to do in one is that like because some flights go direct, don't they? Like, like for example, I think the longest flight in, in, I don't know, it's probably from Australia to America. I think it's like 16, 18 hours or something. Yeah. But you, like, that's direct. You obviously can't fly and work no, for 16 hours. You'd be out of hours. Um, yeah. There's like, there's legal limits for how long you can fly in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's legal limits for how many hours of flying you can do in a year as well. The maximum amount of time you can spend 
in flying like in the air is 900 hours in a year um that doesn't mean 900 hours working like that's only in the yeah, air so yeah. and and like basically controlling the aircraft so taxiing and that type of thing mm-hmm. as well um so uh, there's a lot of prep work beforehand and setting up the aircraft and then you take off then you're eating into your 900 hours then you land you park the plane your 900 hours stops but you're doing all this admin and all this setting up and all that and that's not counted towards the 900 hours so people kind of because like i've said that to a few people they're like you only work 900 hours in the year it's like no i only fly 900, <laughs> 900 hours, hours in the year i work a lot more than that <laughs> and i do a lot of tests and uh, <laughs> yeah. but how does that work because i wanted to ask like we were talking about even like nights out for you like and that's why i asked about like work-life balance because we were saying like i could stroll in here if i wanted to have a few drinks on a friday night and i could stroll in here on a saturday morning you know be hungover but like that's gone for you you can no longer yeah yeah you you can no longer like go, there's no i'm gonna miss a few hours sleep yeah. pull all night or stay up watch the ufc or like any yeah, sports and event you can't just be like ah oh, it's grand i'll just be hung over tomorrow <laughs> you can't be like oh the lads are going for a few points on a sunday night do you want to come down and you're like well yeah i'll come down but i'm not going to be drinking mm-hmm. and i'm going to leave at a time <laughs> that makes sure i get eight hours before i have to wake up um like that's completely gone Mm -hmm. and the reason for that is once again like safety like people don't want a pilot that's coming in tired they don't want a pilot that's coming in hungover um like if you know yourself if you're getting onto a plane and you have a quick glance into the cockpit and you see a pilot that's like working away and getting himself set up you're like cool especially if you're a nervous flyer it is because we get a lot of nervous flyers coming on and they want to look at you and believe that they're going to be safe because they're really scared Mm -hmm. and like if they look into a cockpit and they see a guy sitting there with his shades on, <laughs> sipping a coffee, shaking, <laughs> like just praying for the day to end, and like it it doesn't bode well. And because there's so much happening and you have to be so mentally alert throughout the day, um, coming in with a hangover, it's I'm sure it's doable. I'd say it's happened. Just definitely hasn't happened to, to me. me. Yeah. <laughs> how how would that work in terms of like like is there someone there? to like remember you said you get like your what are they called your health screenings and yeah. stuff like that is there someone there to tell you like if you were rocking like thomas go home <laughs> yeah well of course yeah like the the way the way the work dynamic is set up it will number one i would have had to go to the office in the morning anyway to get my paperwork set up and all the rest mm-hmm. and like by that stage i would have ran into quite a lot of people that'd be like are you okay um but you're trained to be constantly self-assessing yourself, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're trained to be like, wake up and be like, right, how do I feel? Am I okay to fly? Like um, one of the subjects you do during the training I did over in Spain, it's called human performance. And that teaches you the symptoms of not only like hypoxia and that type of a thing. Like if you were having a, uh, if you were having a, a slow decompression in the cockpit and the oxygen was yeah, getting less yeah, and less yeah, and yeah. less really hard to spot hypoxia unless you know what to look for mm-hmm. um so you're taught not only symptoms of of that type of a thing that would affect safety in the actual flight but also things like uh stress and fatigue and anxiety and that type of a thing like mm-hmm. if uh if you've been worked really really hard recently and you're actually suffering from fatigue because fatigue isn't just tiredness fatigue you can't just go to bed wake up and you're grand mm-hmm. that's a a continuous like you're very you get very irritable you have trouble remembering things like you're very uh you're obviously tired mm-hmm. as well 
um like there's a whole mountain of of symptoms but you're trained you're during your training you're trained to assess yourself and be like right how do i feel do i feel okay to fly and if you ring up the company and say i don't feel okay to fly this is what's wrong they're going to be like cool we're glad you rang in like it's not like a situation where well i'd say some guys probably have done it but like it's not a situation where um you just ring in and call in sick just be like oh i've got fatigue i'll uh, <laughs> uh I'll yeah see you on Monday. <laughs> and in actual fact you're out the night before and you just can't be going into work um they're gonna you're gonna be trusted to uh to tell them the truth mm -hmm. and they're gonna look at your schedule as well and then they'll be like well how is he fatigued he's been off for four days and the four <laughs> days before that he had like really simple shifts and they're mm -hmm. they're gonna bring in they're gonna be like are you okay like are you feeling all right and then they're gonna be like maybe we need you to go to a doctor and just get this checked out because you shouldn't be fatigued mm -hmm. based on what we can see and based on what you're saying um so there's constant uh, expectation for you to be responsible for yourself and to come into work fully able and mentally alert so that is so yeah basically no more points than i no. work for me <laughs> ever and like does that the like does do the because like there's always the pros and the cons of both do, yeah. the, do the pros now obviously they do i think do the pros now of you know like finding all that hard work when we go back to you know repeating the leaving sir yeah is it all is it all worth it is basically what i'm trying to say oh absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah. I, i'll never forget the first day because a very similar like in terms of like we we had like a, i think it was a two-year period that it took for this place to actually open yeah. and i think it was just constant like oh am i ever gonna get there you know we'll get there one day i just have to keep you know persevering keep going yeah. and i'd say it was almost it was almost like a sur uh, surreal feeling like the day we had our open day and stuff like that and i'd say it was quite similar to <clears throat> but I, i'll never forget this is is it what you thought it would be or is it better or is it worse like i definitely think it's better better it's even better than what i thought it was going to be yeah it's just it's it's brilliant um it's like i said it there's it needs to suit you like you need to like to do it because quite a lot of guys that i went through training with uh in like in carlo and in everywhere like they they get weeded out like the people who don't want to fly the people who just want to wear the uniform and say they're a pilot mm -hmm. and just be a pilot and have the hat they a lot of them i wouldn't say all of them but a lot of them don't make it through the training mm -hmm. because they don't have that drive because there is a stage i went through a good few stages especially during my training in spain where the workload is so intense and you feel like you've just a mount. I remember sitting at my desk and I just felt like I had a mountain of work that was reaching the ceiling. And I did not understand how I was going to get all this stuff into my brain <laughs> before my exams because they weren't that long away. Even when you arrive, they're not that long away. And I didn't understand it. But you have to have that drive deep down to say, OK, I don't understand how I'm going to do this. And there's a very good chance that it's not going to work out. But am I going to sit here and just watch TV and say, fuck it, it's not going to happen? Or am I going to just keep working as hard as I can and just hope for the best? Mm -hmm. And and the people who were able to do that did really well. And the people who just said, you know what, this is too much. I'm taking the rest of the night off. Maybe I'll try again tomorrow. Maybe I won't. And just watch the football or whatever. They're the ones that really 
struggled. And um, you found that from your experience, they kind of halfway were kind of going, oh, it's not really what I want to do. It's yeah. not worth the stress yeah. as to where you found that it was what got you there was this is what I actually want to do. Yeah. And this is back to our whole, you know, why, you know, even teenagers nowadays when they're in school, they're constantly just, I don't get the points settling yeah. i'm gonna just do this engineering job i'm gonna just yeah. do this job and just it's like it actually the pros always do outweigh the cons do you know what i mean like okay you might have to sacrifice two years of your life you didn't see your girlfriend for two a year and a half was it a year and a half or two years? oh no I, I that's what i was saying quite a lot of the guys that were down there didn't but because melanie was able to make her own hours and that type of thing i actually saw her quite a lot okay. i saw her way more than anyone right, else okay. saw their their partners <laughs> And that's what really helped me. It helped my mental health more than anything else because the stress levels down there are just insane. Everyone, everyone is tense all the time <laughs> because they're all, everybody is at different stages of the training because it's a different class starting every month. Everyone's at different stages of training, but they're all got exams coming up. No mm -hmm. matter what it, what stage you are, you've always got and an exam coming up. Is it like dog eat dog or is it like oh no like everybody it's, works everyone's together. working yeah, together yeah, like yeah, it's like, like i'm not telling him the answer i found out what how <laughs> to do that like you know what i mean oh no no like uh no everybody everybody be good enough to work together unless the guy was an asshole <laughs> and just didn't want to be around him but everybody worked together because they we were all in it together Get you know it. we we're all working towards the same goal mm -hmm. um when it got to like an interview stage then you actually not like it well that's not even the case either because i remember when i went to interview with uh my airline which i can't say i keep i i think people get really annoyed they're yeah. just like just say it yeah. it's just like i'm not gonna say who i work for okay um but when i was interviewing with them it was with uh six or seven other people that went to the flight school with me as well and we were all just sitting there having chats like trying to keep each other calm mm -hmm. talking about what we studied the night before and that type of a thing just and we were all in it together and we were all trying to get the job together even though we were in competition with each other we all wanted each other to get mm -hmm. a job and we all we were all trying to basically root for each other and yeah so that there was definitely a real team. a good sense of community yeah 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 because yeah, I, I i was wondering like would is that somewhere where you're like no that uh, that thomas lad he's not getting that i'm getting it today yeah just pass obviously they they pass the people who pass and they just fail the people who fail basically and everyone then based on their performance you you're then sent out on your own i imagine like once you pass the school like the school not that they don't help you but like you have to go and then it act act on that like, it depends like some flight schools will help you get a job my the flight school i went to it's part of the contract you sign at the start that they'll guarantee you a job okay not guarantee <laughs> you a job if you do crap yeah but they'll like they basically say if you do your bit and put the work in and do mm -hmm. well we'll do our bit and we'll find an airline that'll take you on because you deserve it mm -hmm. um other flight schools will kind of just send you on your way and just be like good luck but Try. Uh, not many though a mm -hmm. lot of, most of them they want you to get hired because <coughs> at the end of the day then they get to say to other people oh we had this student who got a job here and this student who got a job there and it encourages more pilots to come to them and you know get qualified through that school as yeah. opposed to but so, you chose to fly with your airline like that was off your own back was it or did the school yeah. help you do that i i chose to do that like i i had offers for interviews for other airlines mm -hmm. um and i said to myself if my the specific company that i want to work for if i apply for them and they say no then i'll try these other guys but until i get a no from them i'm not trying anywhere else because i want them to think i'm serious yeah 
And if I go into an e- interview and they're like, oh, have you applied for anyone else? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I applied for this one and this one and th- uh, that one over there as well. Uh, they'd be like, all right. And I, I was like, maybe they'd be like, oh, cool. This guy's got his head on straight. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's making sure he has all his options. But I want I when they asked me that, which they did, I said, I want you to know that I'm serious about working here. So unless you give me a no, I'm not going to apply for anyone else, you know? Um, so uh and i think they like that you know yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> not necessarily saying that's the best path for everyone because it was really risky because yeah, i was i was risking being out of work for months <laughs> um and i'd have to renew like there's plenty of people who uh they have to renew their licenses waiting for jobs because you have to if you go without a year of flying uh your license expires you have to renew it so you're gonna have to pay more money oh it was a big because you're not in a job you know <laughs> But yeah, going back to what you said about uh, whether it was worth it, it was definitely, definitely worth it. Like it's, it was so much work and the stress and just the toll it took on my health even uh, was was pretty tough because because I took the hardest route. It's like we were saying the other day about me doing monster walks <laughs> yeah, with yeah. the black band and you were like, why are you doing that? It's the hardest band. Just yeah. do an easier band, do more reps. I was like, no, it's the principle. Oh man, and now every time Thomas asks me for the black band, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> it's, a, it's a metaphor now. It's yeah. no longer an exercise. It's a metaphor. Take the hardest option as opposed to, yeah. you know, going, you know, in... T- take the hardest route. Like it might, it, a lot of the time now don't be stupid don't take the hardest route for the sake of doing yeah, it yeah. but uh a lot of the time the hardest route is going to give you the best reward mm-hmm. and like i definitely put my life on hold for quite a few years um but it was worth it because i got to where i wanted to be mm-hmm. in the shortest amount of time possible mm-hmm. um so i definitely encourage anybody who really wants to be a pilot to just find a way to do it the biggest the biggest thing that stands away of a lot of guys who really want to fly is money it's getting the money together and i was just lucky that i was able to get a loan um and and then i was i've saved up money as well myself of course but uh i i was able to just get a loan and now i'm paying that back um but the uh yeah it's definitely if you can get past the financial aspect or find a way around it like a lot of guys um fly with the army like with the irish air corps or or wherever and do their training that way and then they can and, come in as a and then after they've completed their service then they can move on to commercial yeah. flying and that type of a and thing there's always other ways like i always like say like this no is just the start like if you get yeah. no the first time it's like okay well maybe i can't go that way with it so what yeah. else other options have i got yeah. like in terms of like um like if that you know if you know the bank had it or whatever year long had it said no you would have turned around and said okay well i can either give up or keep <laughs> i going. can find yeah. another way yeah and i think that's uh that's something that is a little bit lacking nowadays and I, i'm not trying to put myself up on a pedestal here like at all um because i had a lot of support going through this like mainly just like moral support mental <laughs> yeah. support to get through it all um uh, but like people need to like if they want something to just figure out how to do it like mm-hmm. don't say you want to go from here to there be like right i want to be there now how do i need to get to there i need to do this thing now what do i need to do that thing i need to do this thing mm-hmm. and it keeps going back and that's what i did i was like i want to be working for this airline right where do these airlines send all their pilots this flight school okay i want to work i want to go to that flight there. school yeah. how do i get there oh there's a course in carlo that links in with that that'll help me get in I'll do that how do i get in with that course oh i 
did crap on my leaving and, <laughs> and they won't accept me. So now I'm going to have to repeat the leaving. Am I really willing to do that? Of course I am. But that's uh, where most people would stop. They would realize, hold on, no, I'm actually not willing. That's six, five, six years that I'll never yeah. get back. And is it going to be worth it at the end of it? Will I actually be a, a lot? Of, I feel like you, you must have a lot of trust in yourself. Definitely be like, this is what I want to do forever. I wouldn't say it's trust. It's what me and Melanie call blind faith. So basically, even when all the evidence is pointing to the contrary, <laughs> you just keep going because you're just like, it'll just work out. It will. It'll, it oh, just I... has to. If I keep going, it just has to. <laughs> like the only way it's not going to work out is if I don't keep, if I keep not trying. Like yeah. if I failed the leaving, I would have been like, right, I can give up and then it's definitely not going to happen or I'll go back and do it, do again. it again. And same with the assessments <laughs> to get into Carlo, to get into uh, flight school, to get into the company, like, it's always just just be put yourself in the best possible position but in mm -hmm. the back of your head no if it doesn't work out you can just do it again and that's what i'm trying to like get into my sister's head and stuff like that with leaving sir like work hard like get it the first time because you're saving years of your life, life that... but if you work hard and it still doesn't work out just keep going why mm -hmm. would you stop mm -hmm. like I think what, what else are you going to do? I think what people struggle with though is is that like a lot of the time people do stuff they don't want to do. They do it for other reasons. Yeah. So it's like the minute it gets hard, like you're like, oh, I didn't really want this anyway. Yeah. Do you know that kind of way? As to where like you're not willing to accept, okay, all the struggle because you're like at the end of it, I'm not actually even that happy or I'm not even, you know, getting what I really want. I'm just, you know, doing something for the sake of doing it or yeah. doing it because there's external pressure, whether it's, like I know I had no pressures on me from kind of like my parents or anything like that. It was just finish school and it was like, yeah. do what you want kind of thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like we're happy once you're happy. And there was no like kind of pushback for me to, or push to me to kind of go ever do anything. Yeah. I think that actually made me want to do more. Cause I was like, why isn't anyone telling me what to do? <laughs> do you know that kind of way? Yeah. But if, 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 if I, th I think if me and Nicole just didn't love what like because at the end of the day you kind of sit back and you get home and you're kind of going no i'm super happy yeah. and on those bad days you're like even though it's such a bad day it's like i wouldn't change it for the world you just know you're doing the right thing and i think a lot of people miss like the end result is never worth it so they're like the minute that you know they realize they have to go back to school it's like i'm not doing that because yeah. why would i because it's not even worth it at the end of it but i definitely do think like you and melanie um like put a bit of context like melanie runs her own business as well doesn't yeah. she and she is um she has she's like released books she's done you know, she's just done a recent documentary hasn't she yes yeah, and uh like so the two of you is together are like you know supporting each other along the way and i think yeah. anything like even with me and nicole when nicole says to me like oh do you want to do something i think having that support system where yeah you know you can kind of say to somebody uh, is this a good idea do you think it'll work out and just having someone like i know that me and nicole have this thing where we'll only tell the truth to each other yeah so if she if i think it's a genuine bad idea i tell her I tell and her. she there's no there's no like okay we're not gonna get annoyed at each other we're not gonna you yeah. know fall out and she'll often pull me up and she'll be like ryan please don't do that that's the worst <laughs> decision you're ever gonna make and i'm just like oh, i'll never forget the day because there was a very difficult time when the 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 gym like i was ready to just throw the tail in because it was so long and i just felt like it was never coming and i'd written out a message to the agent of the building and i said i'm not taking the building it's just too much it's whatever and uh nicole just turns to me i was like do you think this is a good message she was like send it if you want but like I've n 
I'll never forget these words. She was like, but you don't realize how unattractive you are right now. <laughs> right. And I was like, like I, I, I get up and I do stuff that are difficult to do. I wanted her to be like, yeah, quit, you know, give up. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like throw the towel in and sure. We'll, we'll go get some ice cream and yeah. we'll, we'll cry about it. And you yeah. know, we'll, we'll deal with it tomorrow. But like, she knew that if she just flipped and was like, yeah, do it. Do you know what I mean? Like you do it that like it would just kind of like light a fire and i'd be like nah fuck that i cannot yeah. accept that now you know, kind of, <laughs> so i definitely think having that kind of support like you said you wouldn't have been you wouldn't have been able to get through it as well as as you could if you didn't have melanie there i think that's yeah. huge for people i think a lot of people miss that now because everyone's kind of out there and uh, not everybody but i feel that like it's definitely a lot easier when you have somebody you know that's there to just reassure yeah, you it's really just any kind of support structure but it all just comes back to really perseverance like mm -hmm. people need i think um if anyone is out there and they're considering to be a, if they want they consider being a pilot number one i'd ask them to go to your local flying school or wherever and do one hour just one hour like because it, it's reasonably expensive but save up money and do one hour of uh of flight training just to see what it feels like being in a very small plane that's made out of essentially tin because they're really light like you don't realize yeah. how light they are they're really really light they're safe but a lot of people still get scared so i do that the first thing and the second thing would be to get a medical and make sure that you are physically capable of doing the job because mm -hmm. some people can be slightly colorblind or slightly asthmatic not realize it and get fairly deep into the training uh like the at least the theoretical part of the training mm -hmm. before they realize that they physically will not be accepted yeah, but... anywhere um and then once you've done that then start working towards it and just do don't give up like if it takes going back to do the leaving again do and it, it kind of goes for any any career like if if people like if you're doing leaving start right now don't aim to get a certain amount of points for a course aim to get the most points you possibly can and then you make the choice of where you want to be mm -hmm. and if that doesn't work out like if you get all these points and then you've still like oh i don't really know what i want to do don't do anything the best thing you could probably do in that situation is not go and do a course that you don't like best thing you probably do <coughs> is get a job in a cafe or a bar or something like that and get some real life experience, experience. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. work see because doing that like that's what hindered quite a few people that were in the flight school with me they'd never had jobs before they came straight from school into flight training and like the that's good they had the passion they knew exactly mm -hmm. what they wanted to do but they didn't have any life experience they didn't know what it meant to even just be working as part of a team or to be getting up every day and going into work and be responsible for yourself yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and those things that you learn in doing these crappy jobs and you don't even realize it you learn a lot by doing that really bad minimum wage job that's just <laughs> you, you hate you're you're learning by doing that do that for a year decide then where you want to be if a year later you don't know where you want to be do it for another year or go work somewhere else or go abroad if you have it's, the money for a little while like you're saying it's just experience you're picking up skills that you don't even realize you're picking up yeah and you go and you surround yourself with people who you know are only college and i i, I kind of have this um take on college that there's a couple of things pilot's definitely one of them that i want to see uh, yeah. that to go to college but um like in terms of like business like with the gym and stuff i only talked about this with lee in the last one 
like obviously you're going to be in a better position if you do five years and you do a bachelor's in, in a business or something in a yeah. business course but it's one of those things is that like like you even know from the hassles that we have here at the gym yeah you you just you cannot learn these things in in a, in a course it's just no. something that and like dealing with life scenarios and you know people and that kind yeah. of stuff it's just the field the kind of the experience of it is is i don't know it's more valuable especially the area that i'm in it's more valuable like i would say to somebody if you're thinking of setting up a business do you know what i mean and you're thinking of actually you know whether it's an online shop or whether whatever it is is that like like even because i remember like we're talking about leaving so I, d- I don't know if you heard the last podcast did you no actually no. i haven't listened to so, it yet. With a funny and i know i keep jumping from thing to thing yeah. but my the, my sister got her leaving cert results just recently and i think she got like five five hundred which oh, is wow. well, yeah really good so she was pushing for i think she was pushing for 550 she wanted yeah. to be a vet and uh, i rocked in and i was like um to my mom i was like arthur kelly i was like yeah no you're already doing better than me and my mom was like okay uh you know don't even remind me of what happened um, and I was like, what do you mean? She was like, I had to go up and collect your leave insert results. And I was like, I didn't even remember because I was in bed. I think I was hung over from the night oh, before. God. My mom went up to the school, collect my leave insert results off the principal. I didn't even go up. The principal said to her, like, I couldn't even believe he didn't get out of bed to come and get these or something. Yeah. Like, came back now. I didn't fail anything. Got like, you know, D trees and like yeah. most stuff. I think I got one C1 or something. Right. Got like 185 points. Oh, wow. I don't know. He was bad. <laughs> So, like, I would say to people, even if you get 185 points in your leaving, sir, like, there's, and you want to set up your own business and you want to go do something, like, there is, like, doctors, teachers, you know, nurses, vets, yeah. all those things, like, colleges where you need to be, you need to put time in, you need to be able to work in there. But when you're, like, in the field that we're in, the gym and stuff like this, like, as you even know, there's just things that you're never going to learn in a, in a college. They're just never going to yeah. be able to teach you. And sometimes I look at, like, I see people in in college and it's like the instructors who are like teaching business are like they're they're just taught to teach business but they're never actually they, some of them maybe yeah. but they're never actually they're not business, business owners yeah. or they've never actually like you know had to battle a certain scenario so it's those life skills that like you pick up and um, just by doing and i would definitely say like i'm i would learn through doing and actually learning like if yeah. as, as opposed to you know like i could not you know do the study that you done or do the commitment that you done i just know that that would just not be actually physically impossible i would just be like no so fair play to you thomas <laughs> and i hope one day i me and you go fly a plane <laughs> together yeah, and i'm really gonna cool. i'm gonna hold you to that now yeah yeah oh no i'm definitely gonna get in with a flying school soon and we, we, go for <laughs> we can fly over the gym it'll be deadly yeah <laughs> But I think on that, um, we might just call it a wrap. Yeah. Um, that was episode three. Um, thank you, Thomas, for coming out no and uh, doing it. It's been a, and, it's been good crack. And I, I, I think I'm gonna ask you kind of regularly every, you know, quarter. Any, any cool? Um, because Thomas is a member of the gym here, so this is where Thomas trains, and this is where me and Thomas got to know That's each where other. I do. Yeah. And uh, so if you have any interesting stories or something comes up, I think it's gonna be. I'll come back uh, in. Come back on. Even just to talk more about perseverance. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But um, now I hope you enjoyed the podcast and thanks for listening, everyone. Cheers. Goodbye.